0: So this is a topic that I think applies to really everybody just in, in very different ways. And this topic, of course, as per the title, is all about travel and exactly why travel is good for us or good for you, right? And I say that because, you know, just based on my experience with the travels that I've done, and I'm sure many people listening have their own interesting, unique experiences with travel and how it's affected their own lives. But I see this all the time in my students' writing, Um, whether they are working on research about the effects of travel. I've gotten papers on that before. But very commonly, whenever we do personal narrative type assignments, I would say, I mean, I hesitate to assign an exact percentage of how many of those are about travel. But There's always a few per class. There's always two or three. And, you know, at first glance, it does seem almost as if this is kind of, uh, oh, okay, I need to write a personal narrative paper. What do I write about? Oh, I'll write about the value of travel, how great travel is. It sounds very cliche if you sort of isolate it as a uh, theme or topic for an essay like that. But I think that really undercuts its value. And in fact, with the way that we talk about in my class, or at least I like to think the way that we talk about the value of personal narrative writing, which I think does have a lot of value. I should mention, if you're joining us here for the first time, that I am a writing professor. um, And again, the reason why I do a personal narrative assignment is far from just to do a writing assignment. There's very strong um, scholarly, but also personal reasons and professional reasons why I think personal narrative writing is, is very important. And in fact, one of the most, uh, popular upper division courses we have is, um, about personal narrative. And again, even in, in some of the classes I teach, we teach it in a few different ways, but when you get into different types of application writing, whether for grad school or cover letters for jobs, all that sort of stuff, um, this idea of self-reflection and the applicability of those reflections to reveal something again, whether to a prospective school or prospective employers can be super valuable, right? That can really make you stand out from the pack, make you um, appear unique to this person that you're trying to convince of, uh, again, to hire you, to let you into their school, whatever the case may be. So whether you're in academics or uh, or whether you're in academia uh, in school or just out in the real good old world uh, trying to find work, this idea of personal narrative and and personal writing is very valuable. And so again, it's no surprise that many of my students gravitate towards relating their experiences regarding travel for personal narrative type writing assignments. And I think, like I was saying earlier, that this isn't just a throwaway. It's, It's as an idea, right? It's so interesting to see how they sort of talk about narrative and um, I'm sorry, travel through narrative and, and reveal what it really means to them. I think, you know, especially when we're younger, it's, you always have a different perspective, right? Compared to how that perspective grows over time, obviously. And it's really interesting to see how their perspectives are so greatly impacted with this idea of travel, which really, you know, I think at its core comes down to some very sort of relatable concepts in terms of of stepping out of your comfort zone, all that sort of stuff, right? And again, this, we all have our own experiences with travel, but it's easy to forget how much those first travel experiences really do change us. So one of the things I like about doing those assignments and reading those papers Again, they're oftentimes some of the most interesting revealing papers for that reason, not just because I get to see how the, their travel experiences have affected them individually, but it also reminds me how my own travel experiences have affected me both in the past and recently, and of course in planning travels moving forward. So I love those papers for, for those reasons. But I, I think, and, and this is something that oftentimes when I talk to students one-on-one in, in conference meetings or in office hours, whatever the case may be, that I, I think it's, it's worth asking and, and really analyzing what do we mean by travel to begin with? And I, I've gotten some interesting papers on this too, particularly more research-type papers about the benefits of travel and traveling for individual reasons, of course. But um, yeah, this idea that if we really go back through human history, you know, travel is an idea that certainly has changed over time. And and what I mean by human history is that if you go back far enough, you know, you go back not just hundreds of years, or even not just thousands of years, but tens of thousands of years before, say, the rise of what we would consider to be modern civilizations, which is the majority of human history, right? If you go far far enough back You're living as hunter-gatherers for, I don't know, probably 90-something percent of human history, maybe close to 99%. I don't know the exact number, but it's the overwhelming majority of human history. We were nomadic hunter-gatherer type peoples, right? And so that puts me in an interesting mindset in terms of really thinking about, you know, what was travel then compared to now, Right. If for the majority of human history, we were sort of traveling in that sense, right? Um, how has that changed and or stayed the same over time? So I, I think this this fact that we have as people been sort of these nomadic spe- or this nomadic species essentially for most of our our being, most of our existence, I think that speaks to sort of the need for many of us or within many of us to want to travel, right? That sort of makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way. Um, obviously, if you put it in that perspective, you realize that, oh, yeah, that sort of makes sense. You know, even if we think about traveling as just going out and exploring or hunting, right, looking for new um, new game to hunt and, and food to forage, all that sort of stuff, um, it's a matter of survival, right? It's, it's not necessarily... There's no idea. I I don't think there's a concept. Again, I would love to speak more with people maybe at at the university where I teach, uh, maybe some anthropologists about like, (laughs) were there vacations in hunter-gatherer societies? I I don't think so. I mean, there might have been obviously spots that they worshipped and and revered, right? Uh, Certainly, you know, holy spots or, or burial sites and that sort of stuff, I guess. But As far as I know, again, there was no, no concept of like, oh yeah, we're going to take a weekend and, you know, stay in the wherever, right? Like it doesn't really make sense uh, just saying it out loud that way, I think, but I don't know. I I would have to, I would have to talk to somebody a little bit more about that, but it's an interesting concept, right? Like this idea that like for most of human history, travel is a necessity, right? It is something that drives our species and, um, you know, in a practical sense, for you and your tribe, it's what keeps you alive, right? Um, sort of, sort of moving around, and and again, even in, in throughout civilized history, we can think of travel in that way, right? Well, you you know, you have to expand your territory or uh, establish trade routes, right? You know, to grow and become stronger and and all that sort of stuff. Um, there are obviously examples of nation states and those sorts of things throughout history that are fairly or very isolationist, but, you know, again, this idea of communication and, and movement, I, I think there's there's a lot to that throughout the, the full spectrum of uh, human existence, right, which is interesting. So, it, it's innately in us, it's innately with it, part of our being, which I think is really interesting, and again, I, which I think is one of the reasons why so many people not only have this yearning to travel, but Again, I, I see this reflected in my students' writings in, in various ways, really. Now, in, in terms of why you should travel, <laughs> I, I like to talk about this topic as well because I feel as if this is a topic that it can get a bad reputation because it's so much easier said than done like so much of the uh, or so many of the ideas that we we discuss here, right? This idea of saying, oh, you should just travel. Okay. That may seem easy to somebody who is naturally sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not prone, but naturally sort of inclined, right? To set out and go adventure and see new things, see new places, meet new people, right? That's obviously not everybody though. And furthermore, there are many other barriers as well, right? I mean, forget about just sort of the, the your personality or social limitations in terms of your outgoingness or uh, inwardness. Um, there's also obviously geographic limitations. There's financial limitations are a huge one. So there's a whole list of reasons as to why many people don't travel or haven't traveled before. And again, I mean, we have to start from a place of even defining what travel is, right? Because that's actually an interesting question. It's like, how far do you have to go to consider that you're traveling right I sh- probably should have looked this up for this episode now that I think about it and now that I'm talking about it what the actual definition of travel is but I'm going to go ahead and guess and say that it has something to do with journeying beyond your normal sphere of um, familiarity geographically I think that actually sounds pretty good actually okay I'm I usually don't like to do this on an episode because I usually outline and plan things very in depth beforehand, which I did, but for some reason it slipped my mind to look up the definition of travel. So I'm going to do that as I continue explaining it. Um, Yeah, of course, when you look up travel, you get a bunch of travel sites, which sort of makes sense, uh, which means we should probably go to a dictionary website instead. But. Anyways, I think that's sort of my definition of travel, right? And uh, you know, I think that, that makes sense because it's it's not just about moving somewhere that you've um, are necessarily... It's not even like saying that you can't go to, to a, a place where you've been before, but you're going to a place where it's not part of your normal day-to-day activity or routine or way of life, right? Oh, here we go. Um, Merriam-Webster. They're very trustworthy, right? We know them. Um, travel, uh, to go on or as if on a trip or tour, strange wording sometimes. Anyways, they say next to that in capitalization journey. Okay. So again, if we look up journey, we can see by extension, um, it, uh, says something suggesting travel or passage from one place to another. These are terrible definitions. I hate definitions that kind of refer you, uh, back and forth between them but again I, I think this it's uh, this idea of moving outside of the, the, the normal realm of familiarity right um, i think that's sort of fair to say so anyways that doesn't my point being that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to you know say all right i'm going to go to europe i'm going to go to australia i'm going to go to i'm saying this from a very amerocentric perspective obviously um, i'm going to go to antarctica right some of these are obviously daunting or challenging journeys uh, more so than others. But uh, again, even just planning little trips, I think can be really insightful and really sort of broaden your perspective and broaden your mind. And I I think that's sort of underrated. And, you know, furthermore, I think a lot of people uh, don't know that there's a lot that they can do that is really close, but is very different from what they're normally used to in terms of going to visit places. You, you may have heard of the term. It's kind of become popular in recent years, I think, for this reason, this idea of a staycation, right? Like you're not going to maybe say you live in New York like I do. You're not necessarily going to have a weekend. You know, maybe you have a long three-day weekend, right? Uh, well, going to California might be a bit much, obviously costly, obviously takes a long time to get there you know, these are all considerations that are very important in deciding not just whether or not to travel, but where to travel, right? But there are places more locally that you could maybe visit that again, will stand out as unique, will stand out as different. And will push you outside of your normal comfort zone, which I think is sort of the essence of um, what we're getting at here, right? I think that, that that certainly makes sense. So I think it's easier said than done. But I think it's something that Many of us don't take as much advantage of as we can, considering the fact that like, yes, while there may be these barriers, there are still opportunities to move more so than pretty much at any other point in human history for uh, more people than at any point in human history, perhaps, right? Um, The barriers keeping you in place throughout history seem to me far more daunting than they do today. And obviously, again, that's not, saying uh, like okay problem solved everybody should be traveling but I think it's just acknowledging the fact that if those opportunities are available to you those resources are available to you to use you should consider taking advantage of them and again it can be as simple as taking a train a couple hours away somewhere different Um, again looking into whatever other transport is around that you uh, do have as a a, you know an, an available form of accomplishing really something that I think in some ways you should at least be personally proud of, right? Especially if you're not normally prone to going outside the normal uh, sphere of reality of yours, right? You know, I remember back to one one of the clearest experiences I have when I taught in New York City. I taught at a high school for students who were returning to Get their high school diplomas um, rather than their it wasn't a ged program it was specifically for these students to come in and get their high school diplomas so there were a lot of returning students and with a lot of the reasons why they were returning students who had dropped out you know many of them were supporting themselves and you know they they worked a lot and there's you know there's certainly a lot to this idea that when you don't have many resources and you are working as much as you can just to get by, which, again, many of those students certainly were, um, you have a, a more limited range of options, right, in terms of where and when and how you can travel, right? And I saw this in many of the students, some of whom had never been outside of New York City before. In fact, I, I maybe perhaps many of them, but at least some of them that I spoke to had never actually left New York City. You know, we're talking 18, 19, 20 year old kids or adults at that point, right? Who had never left the five boroughs of, of New York, which to me as somebody who's had the the opportunity to travel sort of blew me away. And, you know, one of the things we really worked on and, and really were proud of were, was, um, Being able to do any sort of trips with them, which was difficult um, given, you know, limited funding, but we did what we could. And one of the trips we did was to a farm in upstate New York, not very far upstate. And again, this is one of my points as well. You know, you go outside of New York City a couple hours even, and especially to somebody who's never been outside of New York City, you might as well be in Nebraska, right? You might as well be on another planet, uh, to people who have never actually seen rolling hills and mountains and farmlands and all that sort of stuff. And it really, I mean, so many of these students who this was their first experience, you know, they sort of just stare as you, as you drive by because it's, it's such a new experience. And you wonder how that affects somebody. And in fact, I remember one memory in particular where we actually visited a farm um, it was a really interesting uh, farm and because they had a, a lot going on in terms of sustainable agriculture and that's, that sort of stuff. But they had a, a section for petting live chickens, and you could actually hold them. And a, a lot of the students, not only did they want to hold the chickens, but uh, many of them wanted to hold them because they had never seen a live chicken before. They had never seen many of the animals there in, in, uh, in person. Is that the right phrase? In animal form? in real form? In real life, I suppose. Okay. Uh, I, I, I should juice my words better here. Uh, but you get what I'm saying, right? Anyways, uh, they had never certainly seen these animals, let alone hold them. And I remember so clearly one student who was holding a chicken and petting it <laughs> like you would a cat or a dog, you know, like a kitten or a puppy or something like that. And I was I, I forget what I said to him exactly, but he said to me that he he felt very sad, and I I, I was you know kind of confused, and I said, "Why are you sad?" And he said, "Well, I feel bad. I eat chicken every day. I don't want to eat this guy, like he's such a friendly chicken." And, you know, I mean, I don't know how that really, in long term, shapes his philosophy or his perspective, but it's certainly a a a moment, right? It's a it's a data point that otherwise you would never have. Right. So even doing something as simple sounding in theory as like, Oh, let's go to a farm a couple hours upstate. It's like, you don't know the impact that, that, that might have on you or your psychology in, in all sorts of ways. Right. So I thought that was, (laughs) you know, it was a really funny example, but it was really interesting sort of salient example for me of, yeah. How, even as you, you know, grow older and, you know, this was like a 20 year old, uh, you know, student of ours, there are still experiences where if they are outside of your normal day to day routine, they will affect you and they will shape you in very different ways. And I think that's so easy for us to forget any of you who are listening, whether you're students or young adults or older adults, especially as as you get older and become older adults, right? You start to think that the world is the way it is, right? Like, you start to get more, I guess you could say, cynical in your worldview in the sense that you're more convicted that what you think you know is, in fact, how things are. And obviously, one of the things I like to tell my students, too, is that um, when the day that you decide that you're done learning is the day that you failed. And that applies in any context. So that, that applies certainly to me with my writing, I feel like. But I think it's good advice in general for almost any other life uh, learning situation. And I, I think this idea of what more you can learn in terms of travel, gaining travel perspective is certainly true. So I would say that's that's absolutely something to keep in mind. You know, it's it's interesting as well with my college students because many of them, They travel on their own. Some of them, they're able to travel through study abroad programs, which are actually pretty great. I never did study abroad myself because, lo and behold, I was working pretty much all the time. You know, um, I I remember all too clearly uh, friends of mine, spring break would come and, you know, you'd see their pictures in Cancun or wherever awesome other place, the Bahamas or the UK, whatever, Australia. And my spring break plan was always, ooh, I can pick up extra work shifts, right? Because I had to pay for college. Um, boy, that's depressing now that I put it that way. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of it that way. But anyways, um, you know, you. my point being, you need to do what you need to do, right? So, I, And I, I, I specifically remember this actually, in fact, Um, I used, one of the jobs I did, I think I've mentioned this previously when I was in college uh, as an undergrad was, I worked at a country club cleaning clubs and storing them and, you know, customer assistance, that sort of stuff. And I remember, um, this one couple who they were always traveling to all these fantastic places and they were regulars there at the country club. And anyways, I remember one day, um, one of the, one of these members, she was telling me how, uh, all about her trips to f- with her husband to France and, you know, all this wonderful, you know, all these wonderful places they went to and foods they tried. And she asked me, like, uh, almost as if obviously I had been to France. Like, oh, well, yeah, you've been to France. Uh, it's something insane like that, right? Like, she just sort of assumed because I was interested in talking to her that, like, I had also gone there. And I just kind of said no and she her response was sort of shock and she she started saying oh you have to go why don't you go and i was sort of shocked because my response i didn't say it but i was like what do you mean why don't i go i'm cleaning golf clubs for tips right now that's why i don't go <laughs> to pay my way through school so it's it's almost frustrating sometimes when you can you can get cynical is my is my point sometimes right when you know people seemingly have these opportunities that you don't and you sort of you know shake your head and say, well must be nice right but I you know again that's that's just me being a little cynical but I mean good for her. Um, I still have not been to France though maybe that's why I'm a little salty I don't know but I would love to plan a trip there at some point at least. Um, so we'll see in the future but uh, again in in at that time point, of time in my life, I certainly didn't have the resources, time, or wherewithal to figure out something like that. And you know, furthermore, even I've been teaching for I think five or six years now. And one of the reasons, I mean, there's many reasons why I I, I teach, but one of the one of the the benefits I love about it in terms of the flexibility of the schedule is that I do have um, time where I am able to do certain types of trips. And that's a, a, a big deal for, for me personally. And again, easier said than done for me, right? Many people, and I have so many good friends who, again, like I said, I, I live in New York and they've never been off the East Coast or they've never left new, the New England area because, again, when are they going to? They get two weeks off a year they, you know from their job. They don't have the money. They don't have the time otherwise. And I understand all of that for for certain. So, you know, for me it's like I when I can try to take advantage of it and I encourage others to as well because I certainly even my friends who do have the limited time to be able to travel, they sort of wind up oftentimes taking that time just to themselves and just living in their normal sphere not engaged in their normal work routine. Which I think there's a benefit to that, certainly, to sort of be able to live and love and enjoy the area that you're from without the normal stress of work and, and all that sort of stuff. But I think that is, if you continue to do that indefinitely, shortchanging yourself with the fact that there's a lot of other really cool places, even in terms of just being different out there. And so, you know, maybe that's the best advice I can give. And as I said earlier, I've certainly read some really interesting papers where I found that the best travel experiences that students have had have certainly been the ones that were least, the, the, almost the least, um, not planned out necessarily, but the least sort of built upon by expectations, right? So sometimes they would go, you read stories of people who go on family trips, that sort of thing, which can be great see family, see how they live. That actually sounds fantastic, right? But I would say honestly, and I've had several students who have done this, where they either take a semester off or they don't go to college right away and they move somewhere and they just find a job, you know, working wherever, wait, wait you know, waiting tables, whatever, bartending, baristaing, whatever, um, you know, all sorts of weird all sorts of programs and that sort of thing, and they come back, and I've had several students who took a year off and came back, and I would say, hands down, by far, they have always been the most well-rounded students of mine. They are always sort of engaged. They are always prompt. They are always on top of their work. They are always fascinating to talk to just conversationally. They have a perspective that students who go straight from high school to college just sort of haven't developed yet. And again, some of that is time. Like obviously there's a time difference. You can change a lot in four years at school or four years anywhere, right? But I think the the addition of leaving their normal realm of reality and normal comfort zone is huge. You you see such a difference in those students. And in terms of them knowing what they want to do, that's something else that I find is a really interesting difference between students who come directly from high school and students who take some time off. I find that the students who come directly from high school, they change majors on average, I don't know, probably at least a couple times, if not more. Whereas the students who travel, try different things and come back, They almost always sort of know what they want to do or seem to have a clearer idea of what they want to do. Which, again, that's not certainly a universal truth, but I think it's an interesting observation that I certainly noticed. So my point being that there might be value to that that is sort of understated as part of the regular formula of, all right, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you work, you retire. Obviously, in today's society we know it's not nearly that simple. and in fact it's getting more and more complicated, I think every year with the cost of college and uh, the you know security and job markets and all that sort of stuff. So again, this idea of travel as an option, especially for young people, I think is is I don't, I would, I don't know if I would say it's underrated, but um, I think it's it's certainly valuable in, in many ways. and whether it's just giving them time to figure out what they want to do, um, or helping them to try different things to see what they want to do. I think either way, there's huge value to that for, um, again, students in that case. But you can apply those same concepts to yourself. One of the things I've tried to do the past few years, for example, is whenever I have a, a few days or a week or whatever between semesters or courses, I try to travel as much as I can again, in very practical ways, because there are still limitations for me, right? It's not as if I certainly have the money to say, okay, let me take a few days and or a week and travel somewhere random around the world. But again, looking to what networks you have, I have, you know, a lot of friends around the country. And so I figure why not see what's going on throughout the country. So I would say in the past, uh, yeah, probably the past five years, I've probably been to at least half of the states, probably more, probably more like 30. Um, I've done road trips. I've, you know, just flown places. I've taken trains. Whatever means I can in the most practical, cost-efficient ways possible, I've tried to do just to see what's going on, right? Like what's going on in southeastern Tennessee? Well, turns out there's a lot of Amish people. Never would have guessed that. But there they are going down the highway in carts with their hats and horses. And I had no idea. And I got to see their farms and and what they're up to. Really cool stuff. Um, What's going on in Milwaukee? Not a lot if you go in January, it turns out. It is um, what I think it feels like north of the wall in Game of Thrones. It's that cold. Um, But that was cool. Lots of cheese. Lots of... uh, you know, cold. So I got to see that as an example, right? What's going on out West? Um, I've been to Seattle a couple of times, been to Colorado. I think I'm going to uh, Portland this winter. Check that out. Again, in all of these cases, I stayed with friends of mine, you know? Um, So reaching out to connections that you have, I think is, is huge. And I've had some of those friends stay with me. And obviously it, it brings down sort of the cost and, and stress of otherwise what might seem very daunting in terms of doing some of these, I would consider those obviously to be slightly longer trips. But so looking to what resources you have, and again, it's sort of um, it's, it's enlightening in its own way. It's hard to describe exactly what the personal effects are of those specific types of travel. But I, I think it, it is refreshing, right? In, in Anybody who has done some travel, you know, you sort of come back and it puts the reality that you're normally in in a slightly different perspective. I think that maybe that's the best way to put it. It sort of shows you that where you are and how you live to somebody else who travels there, it's just as unique and it's just as sort of different as it is for you to go somewhere else. And I think that can help you reflect upon why your society works the way it does, why your neighborhood is the way it is, why you act the way that you do within your normal um, sphere of reality. So once again, easier said than done, all of this, but I would encourage pretty much everybody listening to, you know, if not, obviously right away plan something, put it on the sort of... Um, what would we call it the back burner no back burner is something you wait to do right put it put it on a low simmer I guess this idea of travel at least right Um, and start to look into opportunities again you know reaching out to people that you know um, looking up for deals of places to go and I I, because I think honestly one of the biggest uh, travel challenges for many people I know is this idea of sort of well you know, it's so much easier just to hang out at home, right? So a lot of it is psychological, I think. And, you know, for those of you who have to plan things out more, well, take time to do that. But I think you'll find benefit in sometimes even planning just a small excursion and and getting out there and and trying something a little bit different. Because, like I said, I've yet to read a paper about travel experiences or spoken to students about travel experiences. and, and not seeing that, okay, there's a real development of perspective that I think is beneficial to that person, not just as an individual, obviously, for their own uh, personal growth and development, but also sort of their professional development. Like I said, a lot of the reason why we do personal narrative type writing is because it is the type of reflection that works really well for writing cover letters or... Uh, statements of purpose for certain types of applications. So that idea of of perspective sometimes it can help you in a very tangible professional way, but again, sometimes it just makes you a a have a stronger perspective, I think overall. So I've seen it in the classroom, I've seen it for myself, I've seen it in others I know, and I just wanted to share that for anybody who is listening whether you are A college student, I fully understand the challenges, like I said, of trying to get to France, right? When you're working 40 hours a week and paying your way through school, I've been there for sure. Um, But don't let that sort of jade you, right? It's like those opportunities may still come up. Obviously, you might have to wait some time for that, but certainly something to consider down the road. And similarly, if you are, you know, listening and you are uh, an adult, you're not in school. Same thing, right? It's like, yeah, you have a full work schedule. Again, you may have kids, you may have a lot of other barriers to prevent you from getting out there and doing, going somewhere different, right? But again, you can balance that. You can look to do a trip that's a little more modest, a little more reserved, but it's still going to be very different than how you would normally spend a weekend just hanging out. So anyways, Again, that's that's all I wanted to really talk about today because I've had some really interesting conversations recently with students about the benefits of travel for them and how it's affected them. Uh, and it's a common theme that keeps coming up. So I hope you at least uh, enjoy some of those thoughts and I don't know, maybe you'll you'll consider some of that advice based on our conversations in general. Um, I'd be curious to know if you do have specific experiences that have affected you. And how they have. So feel free to reach out on us. You can comment. Uh, I, I guess you can comment anywhere you're listening to this. I mean, the podcast should now be available. I mentioned this last week that uh, we, we are now on, we're sort of on YouTube. It only lets us post a certain amount of videos a month. So I don't know. Maybe we're there. But we're certainly on Google Play now. We're on Stitcher, I think. And we're definitely on Apple's, Apple Podcasts and iTunes as well as podbean.com. So you can actually um I think comment. I don't know if you can comment. I think you can comment on our, on our Podbean site. Anyways, that's at professorlabs.podbean.com. That has all our other episodes and content. Or you can comment to us directly on Twitter uh, if you have a Twitter. And our Twitter handle is just at Joe T Labs. So you can always uh hit us up there. F- please feel free to share your thoughts. Uh even if you obviously disagree with anything I've said I I always want to hear more about what people either agree upon or disagree upon so please let us know and if you uh, have any other questions obviously um, ask us as well and we'd love to hear from you so other than that uh, I'm not sure what next week will be I actually have an idea for a two-part episode Uh, I guess I can spoil it now as sort of a teaser but I want to do one on why college is awesome and another one second part on why college sucks and I'm probably going to get a lot in, in a lot of trouble maybe for one of those episodes. But for reasons I'm not going to say till the episode airs. So you'll have to listen to find out more. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, coming weeks should be interesting. So anyways, thank you again so much for joining. Uh, until then, uh, keep learning. And of course, enjoy your travels. Take care. Bye-bye.